Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Textroverts, the podcast exploring the how behind the who of people working in tech. My name is Martina Simon and I am your host. This podcast covers anything but the job. We introduce the guest, move on to the buzz wheel, a letter number randomizer that determines the questions I'll ask, and we close with sage advice about careers in the industry. Plug in. We're recording. Today, I have a session with the wonderful Caprice Stole. I'm going to hand the mic over to Caprice to give us a quick overview about her role and what she does. Caprice, welcome. Thanks, Martina, for having me. I'm an experiential marketing and comms lead at Meta. I've been with the company for six years now. I focus on creating experiences, creating moments, connecting people, building community and brands. Nicely done. This podcast is exploring you, not necessarily what you do here at Meta, although I do work quite closely with Caprice on different events that she supported my team with, and she is an absolute superstar. But enough of that. I have a series of questions. You pick a letter and a number for your question combination. The letter represents the question format. So that could be R, can, why, when, who. And the number represents the question topic, of which there are 20 different topics. So Caprice, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to please give me your first letter and number combination. May I have C6? You may indeed, C6. The topic here is tech. Could you confidently make it through a month without your mobile phone? The short answer is no. (laughs) When I was in my early 20s and I was still Mm. discovering myself and what I wanted to do professionally and all, I did take four-week sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And I went to an ashram in India. You have to be completely without technology, right? Exactly. So without technology, I live and breathe yoga and meditation without any internet connection. What inspired this? I mean, most most 20-something-year-olds are kind of out partying, clubbing, and then regretting it in the morning. What kind of inspired you to disconnect and find yourself in an ashram? At that point in time, I've been working for a couple of years and I was mm. at the crossroads of, a, you know, just reflecting on what I'm doing, just discovering myself and wondering like, if this was the right career path I'm taking for myself. <laughs> if you've so made I, a I, huge I, mistake. <laughs> exactly. The physical and the mind is something that I was hugely interested in. Mm. And then I found this ashram just outside Mumbai and I just booked a ticket and went. How long was that? How long was the stay, I guess? Yeah, so the entire stay was four weeks. And then you go through like the training program. They teach you how to be a Hatha yoga instructor. Besides the physical form, you also are engaged in the mental, the meditation bit, and then also the whole lifestyle. So we had Mm -hmm. vegetarian, pure vegetarian meals. There was no tech, there were no distractions. So you were just one with yourself. It was quite a life-changing experience for me, I would say. It sounds like something that you can borrow those teachings for the rest of your life. Is that something that you draw on regularly? Exactly. I think there were many like life lessons and skills that I picked up during that time that I could apply in my career now. Circling back to could you survive without tech and you initially said no, but are you able to communicate in that space? Do you talk to the other people in the community and then disconnect? What is that like? What's the vibe? you had Sunday off. You could travel to the nearest city where you can go to an internet cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) You disconnected for six days out of seven and you kind of followed the practices and vegetarianism. 
And then on that seventh day, on your Sabbath, as it were, you could go and kind of blast <laughs> yourself full of Bluetooth and tech. Did you do it? Did you used to go to the cities and kind of get involved? In the first week I did because it was more like a check-in with my family so they know that, mm. you know, I'm safe, I'm doing well, I'm taking care mm. of myself because literally they will not otherwise hear from In you. touch with you, yeah. Just go to tell and make a phone call, you know, mm-hmm. and, and tell somebody <laughs> that you're doing well. I like well. it. I mean, it's that's impressive because... The discipline you have to have, like I find myself now that screen time notification that pops up on my phone to say how long I've spent. It's horrendous in the last few weeks with, you know, you're following the news and then there's this and that and you're always logged in. So amazing. Let's uh, let's move on over to another uh, letter number combo, please. Let's go with P12. Okay, this is under the topic of food and the format of conspiracy theories. I've got in here horse meat scandal 2013. So horse meat scandal was a scandal that happened in 2013 in the food industry in some parts of Europe. And horse meat was declared to have been found in products and undeclared meat such as pork came into play when it was meant to be chicken or whatever, whatever. And it was a horrendous scandal because of course there's people that were consuming those foods and then people that were eating things like pork and it goes against their religious culture and everything. I would just love to dig into your thoughts, Caprice, on this. One, do you remember this? Two, were you personally affected by it? And three, just your general thoughts on scandal around food and consumption. We were living in Singapore then. I think we, we read about it in the news, but we were not affected by the food supply chains. I think this is an important topic now. And I've got kids, I've got two boys. We've always been very conscious about the type of food that we serve to them. And now Mm. living in Denmark, we have good access to affordable, organic produce, fresh produce. Mm -hmm. So we we try to veer away from any kind of processed or dodgy (laughs) food. Nothing that is, Mm. nothing like horses, like that's something that (laughs) That you know of. Yeah, I suppose when you buy processed food, you you have to trust the labeling, right? And you have to trust that the manufacturer is honest there. So I guess if you are buying organic or free range, then you know what it is a bit more. It's great to be in a kind of a place of maybe privilege where you can opt for organic or or free range. So many people, you know, they don't have any other option but canned food or tin food. It's horrendous that the people that we rely on to develop this food can't always be trusted. You want to know that the thing you buy is the thing it says it is. I think it's all scary. Mm. And then you kind of question like the ethics of the companies behind it, right? Mm -hmm. One of my younger sons was constantly getting the runs. And then eventually we narrowed down that it was possibly the milk. And then we moved back to them up here. And then mm-hmm. he stopped having the runs and he was feeling back to normal again. So what about the milk was it, do we think? We don't know. And, and the milk that we were serving up was organic milk. Maybe it was lactose or something in it that didn't sit well with him. Yeah. We are really privileged and fortunate in the sense that we don't even have to think about like what, what goes in our water. Because I think like even the basic sustenance of water for some people it's also still questionable yeah I've Um, seen videos of people sort of running water and it comes out muddy and brown and I think it was a place in America where it was contaminated yeah it's terrifying it's absolutely terrifying I wonder if the way that they're trying to push us is into veganism by force not choice Um, (laughs) that's another topic for another day Caprice can I have another letter number combo S19 all right so this is the topic of sport And the question here is, where were you during the UEFA Euro 2020 final between Italy and England? 
I was with my kids in a Danish summer camp. Did it, was it on screens at all? Was it not that big of a deal? No, it was a big deal. So big deal. they stopped all camp programming and then they had the match on the big screen in an auditorium so everybody yeah, could did. bring their snacks and <laughs> and so it was really fun I mean it was like the it was the pandemic and you know this was the first time that we were able to do something collectively together and, mm. and to watch a big game on top of that you have people from the two nations in the same room so it's kind of oh fun oh my gosh too. how tense <laughs> I have a segue question about your boys because you said you have two boys so are they boys that are, are deep into sports like football or do they not really care at this age at their ages the younger one is, and simply because of PlayStation, right? So he plays the of course. <laughs> Dare I say it? He, he supports Tottenham. Come on, you've got to get him into Arsenal. That's a, Tottenham's a swear word on this podcast, please. <laughs> Next letter and number combo, please. A1. The topic of family, for one. And the question here is, are you a sibling? Yes. I've got two <laughs> elder sisters. You're in Denmark with your family, your husband and your boys. Whereabouts in the world are your sisters? Are they also in Europe? One sister is in San Francisco. The other sister is in your neck of the woods. She's in Chelmsford in Essex. Chelmsford. <laughs> that is not my neck of the woods. <laughs> I'm a Londoner. <laughs> She's in the UK. So you've got, you've got, we won't get into the regional, the locales. Do you use these as nice reasons to kind of take holidays? Because that's what I love when family is scattered. I know you've been in the UK recently because I've seen you. But like, have you um, been to San Francisco recently at all? No, we haven't. I mean, mm. uh, we, all, we all knew what happened during the pandemic. So mm. we actually haven't seen everybody together <gasps> in the same space. But this Christmas, both sisters are traveling with their families to Denmark. So we're going to spend Christmas together again, finally. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, the, the pandemic really messed up travel. Definitely a shock to the system being locked down like that. So I hope you have a, an amazing yeah. Christmas with your sisters. Did you used to fight at all when you were younger with them being the baby? We did fight, you know, but I think like girls, we fight a little differently. I think like, you mm. know, there's always those petty quarrels, you know, stop touching my things. But, uh... <laughs> did you like get the benefit of borrowing makeup and clothes or like what kind of was the vibe as the, as the youngest one? Oh, no, absolutely. I think as the youngest one, you get away with things. And your elder sisters are like the pioneers. Exactly. <laughs> they had to like go through the wars of growing up, the first ones your parents had. Okay. Because I do also come from a very conservative Chinese mm. family growing mm. up. So like things that my sisters did, they kind of open up new grounds for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, seeing somebody outside of our race going abroad to study, you know, things like oh, that. Yeah, which Yeah, so they've kind of brought down the walls for me. So when it got to my time, <laughs> it was a lot easier because... They paved you know, the way. Parents, yeah. Exactly, my parents were a little bit more accepting and then kind of know what they were in for. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I really appreciate my sisters for doing that. Oh, that's lovely. I do want to ask, who was the first to move away from the family home? It was my eldest sister in San Francisco now. They mm -hmm. ended up in the Bay Area and we were there as well. So it was kind of nice to have mm -hmm. family close by for those years that we were in the US. That you've traveled around because you mentioned you went to Mumbai to kill technology for four weeks. So that was more of a, um, <laughs> so you're Denmark now. Grew up and studied in, in Singapore and mm -hmm. after I met my husband, mm -hmm. we moved to Switzerland and then we came back to Singapore and then we headed back out again to the US 
and mm-hmm. then now we're here in, in Denmark so does Denmark feel like home of all the places I know it, it is your home but of all the places was, is that kind of where it's the warmest absolutely I think we we bought our house a forever 21 home two years ago <laughs> oh congratulations yeah mm-hmm. thank you amazing Caprice, this um this whistle stop tour through your life and times with these questions, these random questions, has been lovely and kind of getting to know you more. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. The final few minutes, I love to ask the guest if you wanted to give one piece of advice to somebody listening who wanted to get into the event space within tech. What would you say? Be curious, mm-hmm. be kind, and just keep exploring. There's no limit to what we can do, and I think I've been really fortunate. To be able to have moved into three different regions, that would be my advice to anybody who is seeking a career in the experiential space. I love that. Be curious. Be kind. And on that note, Caprice, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. No, thanks for having me, Martina.